Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. I don't know if you guys saw, but my paparazzi might be here a little bit later because I was on the news last week. I get all these text messages at like 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, why is my phone blowing up? You know, maybe people are just excited to wish me happy Easter. They saw me on the, the, uh, the news. First of all, I didn't know that many people watched the news still, but, you know, it still exists. So I'm, I'm really excited that people do watch the news. But on Sunday morning, even more so, like dedicated people out there to watch the news. I love it. So it's definitely a, a place that you can find out things. And I love the news. So I watch it myself in the morning. Um, and I was just I was just wondering that that was that was an interesting thing. So. All right. That's that's enough of that. This morning, we've got a lot of cool things to talk about because it is post Easter. So we, we ramp up for Easter. We get Easter dresses, we invite people over to our house, or we find out where we're going for Easter. We usually have some sort of like an egg hunt if you've got a family. And there's all these things that we do to prepare for Easter, but there's not a lot that we do to prepare for April 8th. Right? So here's just a normal Sunday? No. It's like post-Easter. It's even better. But you're right. You come down from this high. It's like a weird thing after Christmas. You're like, okay, what do I do now that it's December 26? What do you do after Easter? And the disciples were sitting there, and they're like, we don't know what to do either. Like, our, our Lord told us that he was going to die and raise, and then he did, and they're not exactly doing anything either. They're doing exactly what you guys are doing, kind of sitting around together with people that believe And so you guys are being very disciple-like right now. Very good. Amazing. Amazing. So we're going to turn to our scripture. It's John chapter 20, 19 through 31. It's at the very end of John if you have real Bibles, which is great. It's really easy for my youth group kids. I said, it's the end of John. They're like, oh, I know where that is. Because those, those numbers and those tiny little numbers, they're very hard to find. But we're going to the end of John chapter 20, 19 through 31. Would you listen to God's word for us this morning? When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked in fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said again to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I now send you. When they had received this, he he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, good old Thomas, he was called the twin. He was one of the twelve. He wasn't with them. I don't know if he was out getting groceries or something. I don't know. He wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. So the disciples told him, We saw the Lord. And he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails in his side, I will not believe. So a week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them this time. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he spoke to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Do not doubt, but believe. 
Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of these disciples and other disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My husband and I went to this festival called Bayou Country Music Fest when, uh, like a couple of years ago, it's in New Orleans. And my husband is total fanboy when it comes to country music. And I just kind of like it, but I was really there for the food. I mean, Cajun food is so absolutely delicious. But we're, we're on our way to the festival and we see this man who has just left a small crowd to get into a golf cart. And my husband runs over to him because, y'all, it was Luke Bryan. Do I have any Luke Bryan fans in the house? Yeah, there we go. You yell louder than that at the concert, right? (laughs) Mike was so excited. And, you know, they had, they struck up a small conversation. He took a selfie with them, you know, put his arm around him and everything. Mike was so excited. He kept on telling him about it later. This is what happened. I saw Luke Bryan. Like, it was the highlight of his day, highlight of his life, besides being married to me. I'm sure. And it was just amazing. So he was posting on Instagram, and then he was scrolling through, finding his Instagram feed later, and he found out that there was a Luke Bryan lookalike that had come to the concert <laughs> just to take pictures with his nearest and dearest fans. And you can imagine that high turned into a deep low. Well, it turned into a good story, I guess, after all. And so I'm glad that this story didn't actually parallel Jesus because it was the real Jesus that showed up. It wasn't a Jesus lookalike that somebody had hired. And my husband had even done like a Google search to like see like, look, it looks like him. The beard and the stubble is just there and he's wearing his hat just the same way. And they couldn't have done a Google search back then. Like a Google image search for Jesus would have come up with very interesting images and it wouldn't have probably looked like him. In any event... It was Jesus, and they saw and they believed. How amazing is that? And so this is where we pick up. We have a couple of different characters in this story, and I love looking at the characters in the Bible and trying to ask ask yourself the question of, where were they in their mindset? Do I resonate with one or another a little bit more? Maybe you can find yourself in this story. And so we find ourselves, last week of Easter, it was in uh, John chapter 19, and now we're in John chapter 20. And so the story continues, and Mary Magdalene, you guys, that's one character, and the the other Mary, and mother of Jesus, and maybe a couple of other women disciples, we're not exactly sure, they had gone to the tomb. They saw that Jesus was not there, and then they experienced the risen Lord, they thought, you know, who is this? He was bright, shiny lights. We're not really sure exactly, but they encountered Jesus and they got to see Jesus. And then they ran and told the disciples, right? The disciples are all hunkered down in this room and they have seen and heard. But the disciples, two of them, Peter being one of them said, I don't believe you. 
And then they went off and they ran. And they went to go see if it was true. And the rest of the disciples got to encounter Jesus also. So there's a lot of different people encountering Jesus. And that's probably the most important thing. They all kind of encounter Jesus. And they have seen the Lord. But still there's something that we find in this passage. No one has moved. They're doing this. They're sitting together with their community of believers, having heard about the risen Lord, and they haven't moved. The disciples had gathered, sure, but they've more like hunkered down. They had locked the doors. They, like fear had set in or something. Why didn't they go look for him? I mean, if I told you that your long lost friend, I had seen them at the mall, wouldn't you go look for them? Even if you didn't believe me that I had really seen them, but you want to go check, right? And this posture of them of just being locked in, I found peculiar, and other people throughout history have found it peculiar also. So did the disciples not believe Mary and the other women? Was it too fanciful of a tale for them to believe? Or did they think that maybe Jesus had, you know, that was a once in a lifetime kind of seeing, and then Jesus had already ascended into heaven because that's what he said he was going to do, so it was too late for them to see him. Or maybe something else was going on. We start asking ourselves all these questions, but really, like, why didn't they go look for him? It's difficult to answer this question, but there's a major clue that John gives us. The disciples were behind a locked door. That state of being locked up is so emblematic of our society now, right? I mean, you all have doors that have locks on them. Some of them have padlocked. I was just talking with a couple of middle school girls yesterday, and they were telling me about how one of them had to get into their house really quick, and they forgot to put in the security code, and they, for some reason, it's the four numbers, the same four numbers every single time, but they just couldn't figure out the right combination of them because they were so panicked. And then they got a phone call from the security company, and their phone was somewhere else, and they couldn't remember that code and so the security company had dispatched the police to come to their house and so all of a sudden this 12 year old girl who is now home alone has all the police show up at her house and she's like oh what do I do anyway so like we've gone a little bit far in our locking of the doors but it's the idea that we we want other people to not come in because we feel safe but also we feel safe because we are locked in It's an amazing thing to think that the disciples locked the door because they couldn't have been fearful of all the authorities because they already went the most logical place for them to go. They went to the empty tomb. Like that would be where the Roman soldiers would be. So I'm not really sure if they're actually fearful, but I think they feel safe. Or maybe they're not fearful of the Roman, but maybe they're fearful of Jesus. Did they really believe that this happened? They did this to Jesus, and maybe Jesus is coming back in some sort of a weird rage. Why didn't they go looking for him? Well, you know what? Maybe it's because they're ashamed of what happened and what they had done. And sitting behind this locked door, they're telling themselves that they're keeping other people out, but really they're keeping Jesus out. But then Jesus does what Jesus always does. For anybody who has locked up themselves, their own hearts, guarded their hearts because of their own shame, because of what they feel like they have done, and Jesus comes in anyway. 
He enters the room. He enters your heart and he breaks into that locked up room or heart that you have. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Peace be with you is not the rant of a rageful man. Peace be with you is the only thing that can cut through your guarded and locked heart. Peace be with you. Each person's eyes are opened in a different way to this news of the resurrection. And it's hard to recognize Jesus. We've got women who have seen and heard. We've got the disciples who got to see, and twice actually, because poor Thomas wasn't there. And so they touched the nail holes and pierced side. And then there were other disciples that they said in John, that they got to see and hear and visualize Jesus being there. So it's not just Mary and the disciples, it's other disciples. And then it has a word for us. It says that you might see and believe. That's the readers of the Gospel of John, the hearers of the Gospel of John. And sure, that was people 2,000 years ago, but these words were written so that you would hear them also so that you might read about it and see and believe. You see, this verse is about us. God is talking to us about how we might see and believe. When did you recognize Jesus in your life? Each person has an encounter with God. And I'll be honest with you, it's it's a place where you have to have that encounter. And and it's just as unique to you as it was to any of those other characters. Because you're not going to see Jesus in the same kind of a way that somebody else had. Even your spouse might see Jesus at a different time in a different place in your life. But when in your life have you recognized Jesus? Was it in another person? Was it in an act? Was it when you did a whole bunch of research to understand like who this Jesus really is? Was it a hard time in your life that you went through and Jesus pulled you through? When was it in your life that you recognized Jesus? Because that's the point, that each one of us get to do that. And it's our own story. And we can tell other people about it. And the good news of Easter is that no matter how locked up our heart is or how locked up somebody else's heart is, Jesus will always come in and say, peace be with you and be a part of your life. He'll show you the holes in his hands and the slit in his side. And it may not be that visual representation like that, but it'll certainly be Jesus showing up in your life. And it'll be genuine and it'll be peaceful. You see, Sometimes we don't believe because there's compelling evidence for Jesus. That's what faith is, right? We don't believe because we've weighed all the options. You know, I could be Buddhist, I could be Hindu, I could be atheist, or I could be Christian or Jewish. It isn't because I've had a near-death experience personally. It isn't even because I've seen a miracle, although I feel like I have seen lots of miracles in my life. It isn't even that I've experienced a physical presence just like Thomas did of the resurrected Christ before me and touched. But I'm a Christian because 
Something about God has reached into my inner depths of my soul, of who I am, and has taken a hold of me and grabbed a hold of my soul. Because God loves me so much. And so why did the disciples not go looking for him? It's hard to know. It's hard for people to know why we wouldn't go looking for Jesus. But that's not the point. Jesus always comes looking for us. And when he finds us, he says, peace be with you. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we are before you as humble people, understanding only a sliver of who you are, even though you may stand right before us. And even though there is a recognizable, tangible, understandable you present in our life, it's still hard to understand who you are and what you ask of us. So we know that we are together in this confusion. We know that we are together in this understanding and recognizing who you are. So be with us. Hold us. In your name we pray. Amen. And so we come to the table. It is a symbol of God for us.